tell you something about uh, um, sort of simple theories on which uh, we are working on experimentally. <clears throat> but I won't present any experimental results. So for about a quarter of a century, I've been interested in uh, trust and trustworthiness, as well as distrust and untrustworthiness. At the same time, I've done a theoretical work on that and empirical work on that from uh, very different angles. <coughs> and uh, one uh, important step I took uh, with my uh, late colleague Michael Bachrach was to link uh, the theory of trust with the theory of signals, or signaling theory, which is uh, a product of economics and biology at the same time. In biology, it's sometimes called handicap uh, signal theory. What uh, the theory does and why it is important for uh, trust and, and trustworthiness, the theory essentially establishes the foundation in this sense, the, the title of, of this session is accurate. The foundation of what is this that makes a signal convincing, persuading, uh, credible, even in situations in which there is an interest to misrepresent. This is the, the, the essence of the theory. Very, very abstract, very simple. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, is, as far as I know, the best instrument we have to understand whether truth can travel under, under threat of uh, deception. And the simple principle can be uh, of the theory is that signals that work are signals that people who cheat or deceive are not able to afford. So if you want to persuade people that you are telling the truth, you should do something. When you are threatened by somebody else who is not potentially telling the truth, you have to do something that is other potential deceiver cannot do. Mm? That's as simple as that. So if you drink from a, ch a chalice, chances are, or very high chances are, that the chalice is not poisoned. So that's a good signal that separates you from uh, the potential deceiver. That's as simple as that. So for instance, what uh, Aldert has been telling us uh, can come under the the hedges of, 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 of signaling theory. Because effectively, increasing the cognitive cost mm, of telling a lie is a way to make it more costly only for liars and not for people who are telling the truth. So it helps you to separate. So effectively, you're using the principle, I don't know whether you, you, you made this connection, but you're, you're using the straight principle of signaling theory uh, in your work, right? It, wa it was a test of that. He was saying, if we increase the cost, people will respond and lie less. Liars will, obviously, will, will lie less. <clears throat> um, now, the trick with the theory, which is so abstract, is to find the many ways in which it may bite into our communication in every day. Because we can signal in myriad ways and we can <coughs> there are costs and benefit from this deception in myriad ways. So it's very once you've stated the theory in general, that's uh, only one percent. The rest is to apply it. <coughs> apply it is a word that is often used with a slight tinge of uh, uh, demeaning uh, feature, but application is effectively one of the most important things in science is to find ways in which abstract 
theoretical, mathematical principle actually bite into real life. So a lot of my work has been to uh, apply uh, signaling theory in a situation in which uh, trust is scarce or difficult to come by. So I did uh, a, a piece of work on taxi drivers in very dangerous cities in which they have to evaluate very quickly whether they can trust the potential passengers or not. But most of all, I did uh, uh, quite a lot of work on the criminal underworld, <clears throat> not only because they are interesting and exciting and all that, that too, but mostly because they, a lot of crime, of serious economic crime, requires cooperation. Mm? Apart from picking pockets uh, of people and getting cash, most crimes need cooperation. And the question is, well, how can you cooperate in a situation in which, precisely because you are a criminal, there are not very good reasons to trust you, right? So uh, they, they are uh, an extreme, and they, they, they present uh, uh, lots of interesting challenges for those who study uh, trust <coughs> and security. In this case, they're wrong. Uh, so uh, one thing I, uh, I did um, has been to examine various questions which they encounter, that criminals encounter in their, in their uh, careers. And uh, here I give you a, a, the shortest resume possible and focus on, on some things. But say, for instance, how do you make sure that your underlings will be loyal? You know, the, it's very hard to, to think of underlings in a criminal underworld to, to be loyal. They may betray you, they may try to replace you, they may cheat you, they may form alliance with others. One answer I found through uh, ethnographic work is that they uh, promote incompetence. The, the, there is a trade-off between incompetence and, and, uh, and loyalty. <coughs> uh, not only because of what Machiavelli said, namely that you should never promote the people who deserve it because they will never be grateful. Not, not only because of of that, but also because they have no outside, they have fewer outside options, right? So incompetence plays a part, and plays a bigger part among criminals to our benefit, or, or to the benefit of those of us who obey the law, uh, and <coughs> precisely because a certain degree of incompetence is used to select your underlings, and these, however, backfires, hmm? because they are incompetent. Uh, another question, well, how do you inspire trust? You, often we look at the trust question from the point of view of truster. Hmm? How do I decide whether I can trust you? But there is a lot to be gained, and signaling theory helps, to look at this question from the point of view of the trustee. How do I make you trust me? Hmm? Again, in criminal domains, it is you have this serious limitation that you cannot really easily trust character. You have to trust something uh, harder than that. And <coughs> a typical way is uh, to burn bridges, tie your hands, again, reduce your outside options. So this is similar to incompetence. So people may pretend they may actually be incompetent or work themselves up from to nothing, to a state of uh, incompetence, as in some corrupt academy, academic environment, of which I give examples in, the, in, in this book. Uh, uh, 
and uh, or, or they can pretend to be in, incompetent to uh, in, inspire trust. But in, in any case, they one big way is to show you you cannot choose somebody else. You cannot choose another another route to other than be loyal or be trust trustworthy. Uh, but there is a, a more interesting one, which comes quite close to what uh, Stajano called the principle of dishonesty. Uh, because one thing that I found is that uh, most criminals manage to cooperate with each other by sharing bad information about each other. So they can blackmail other in that way. And so you can make a really big complicated deals with, without using any threat of violence just by using the, the, the blackmail. I have bad information on you, you have bad information on me. Very often you think of these as blackmail in politics or stuff like this and you think that people go behind your back, look in your wardrobe and see the skeleton, get the skeleton so that they can blackmail you. But there are lots and lots of examples in which you offer them, you say, hey, look in my cupboard. This is my, my skeleton, so now you can trust me. Because if I had any intention of cheating you, I wouldn't show you what I'm just showing you. <clears throat> uh, last question. How, uh, th this, is, this is an important thing. I mean, if you, if you uh, this is the first question that you, you ask in criminal circles. When turnover is very fast, you need new partners. But how do I know these partners and not honest citizens or undercover police? Uh, and there are various ways which I illustrate in, in, uh, in, in this book, but a very important way is that you can get yourself a prison sentence. <coughs> Why? Again, it's a very costly signal. So if you, if you, uh, <coughs> you don't get 20 years in jail just because you want to show off. Right? So there is nothing like a prison sentence to guarantee that you are the real thing. And funnily enough, the more the legal <coughs> system works well, the more likely is that you are not a mistake, you're not innocent. Therefore, I can trust that you are a bona fide criminal. So the two, the two blue uh, uh, strategies, if you want to call them this way, are interesting for one reason. They exploit the law. They are a a way to pervert the law and use it to build your own cooperation. So this is what is so interesting about them. So by enforcing the law, you know, you, you, when you when uh, you were saying talking about the principle of dishonesty, and you say when when you are involved in a scam, then people can blackmail you. Know, like fraudsters can fraudsters can can uh, uh, have you, but they can do that only because there is somebody out there who would punish. So it's a derivative uh, exploitation of, of the law. So by punishing, or by making the punishment certain, we also at the same time give the tools to criminals to uh, forge cooperation among themselves. So it's a cost. I mean, I don't, I, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not that I am advocating the abolition of every law and punishment, but it is a cost that ought, uh, ought to, to be considered. And last, uh, and then I, I finish <coughs> with uh, my colleagues, some of whom are here, 
we are doing some experiment trying to see whether we can recreate some of these strategies uh, in the lab. Thanks. Thank you very much.